Hello, welcome to another edition of Talking Basketball Podcast. I am Mark. I am Paul. Good day. Yes, you're not joining us from the sunny shores of England, are you? I'm in the southern studio. <laughs> the southern studio now. The very southern studio. Is this is this the SA Studio? Officially, this is uh, dialing it in, isn't it? Calling it in. This is a, a, a another international, and it's an international first for the podcast, Mark. And some of our listeners will be this thankful the first. that you are representing yeah. the Southern Hemisphere, because we haven't done that yet. Yeah. Yeah, well, I am representing Australia today. S- Australia. And, uh, Australia. And um, it is the evening here, and I do not have to drive, so a lot of our listeners have got their dream come true. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm no whole bars today, Mark. <laughs> oh, dear. That, that's not necessarily everyone's dream. We have a few cans dream. next to me. Uh, I will try not to swear. Okay. I, what you're saying there to me is, Mark, you might have to edit something at some point. <laughs> I understand. Possibly. Yeah, Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. But, look, I am... Uh, I'm, to my right, I have a. I'll, t- I'll take a picture for you, but I've got a beautiful sunset as I'm doing a podcast. This is a unique podcast for me. I will never do a podcast like this with a sunset like that in front of me as I'm doing a podcast. So, yeah. Well, as long as you don't take a picture of your butt or something, we're okay. Not one of those weird ones well, where you take no, you take the that, photo that. and uh, you're standing in the mirror, sort of thing, or the the window or whatever, and it mirrors back. No. Let's no, not have one of those. Why? Why? Hey, look. This you might be. Uh, how many? How many thousands of miles away is it? It's enough, isn't it? Half the world. Know. So what? I 15, have no 000. idea. I'm in. I'm in South Australia or Southern Australia. So, um, <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever and that yet, is. Yeah, you've still kept your is. finger on the pulse when it comes to the BBL. Bless you. When it comes to basketball, Mark, when it comes to basketball, I'll be honest, I haven't seen all the games in the BBL this week. I've seen less than I normally do, but I think I've uh, done a fair job this week on those games. It's been a a busy week this week, and um, yeah, some some big games. I would say the coverage over here on basketball is um, better than the UK as well. Really? So as you're going through the news, it's like, right, okay, you've got the Adelaide 36ers, they're playing, you're seeing it, and it's going through the league, as you would, like, say, football in the UK. Um, so, yeah, the sport's got a lot more, um, it's projected out into the country a lot more than the UK. In the UK, you get to watch it on YouTube and look it up online. Um, yeah, yeah, You know, that's what we've been saying. It should just be on Sky Sports. But, um, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot more coverage over here, which is great. And, um, yeah, thanks to your efforts um, and the, I guess, the hospitality of the Adelaide 36ers, you know, I'm going to a game this Sunday. So that'll be great. So I better update everyone what an actual Australian game of basketball is like. And Australia, that is that is the NBL, isn't it, in Australia, the National Basketball League. That's what they call it. I believe. Yeah, so the um, the Adelaide 36ers, they're in the NBL Div 1, 
um, and you know they've been established in that for quite a while. I think they're at the foot of the table at the moment. Um, but yeah, they're in a like I think it's like an eight, nine, ten thousand seat stadium, and um, yeah, they're taking on. Oh, who are they taking on? I know um, they were taking on Perth, but that's the other game, it's isn't the it? Bullets. Oh, nice. It's the Bullets, I think. I'm not sure who that is, but they're seventh. I know that. Um, but Washington. I've heard a lot about the um, the reput- reputation of the Adelaide fans, you know, quite loud. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what that's like. Uh, that would be really good. Incidentally, the Bullets, that's a great name. Washington should never have changed their name to the Wizards from the Bullets. They should have kept that. But no. Side, side point. No. True. Right. Right. Let's get stuck in. The BBL, the journey, the BBL. Tell me what's been going on, Mark. Well, I'm going to talk to you about Brizzle, Brizzle Manizzle in Manchester. That was good. It was a good game. Um, Slow start, like really painfully slow start. And um, the only way I can describe it is if you, someone said this is the first game of the season, (laughs) it was just people are a bit fumbly and it just, nothing was really happening. Um, so, yeah, I, <laughs> I watched that through and I thought, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm watching this right, am I? Or was, is this like an outtake or something? It wasn't. It was also a bit of a comedy sketch. It was just really slow and difficult to watch. But I will say, I'll give it in the first half. That I mean, that was the first quarter, but the first half in general wasn't great. But I will give a shout out to Walsh because he came on the bench. And you think Evan Walsh sitting on the bench oh he's going to come in and you know do something all right he, he came off the bench and hit 10 points and just like changed that m- momentum straight away and you think oh okay i mean to come off the bench and score 10 points he ended up with 22 points at the end but that's pretty impressive to do that really if you think i'm a bench player and i'm coming in and i'm making that much of an impact the game was 103 to 80 at the end but and this is i'm going to say is the butt here it was it was sixty two thirty seven going into the second half. Wow! I mean that's like wow. game over already, isn't it? And for them to go from to from thirty seven for Bristol up to eighty, that's not bad considering they lost one of their main players, Tevin Olsen. He had an ankle injury in the first half, and he lost. They've lost him on that. Um. So you know the game they lost by almost twenty. It's it was foregone conclusion at the half at that point but it it raises another thing about Bristol um you know last week we thought have they have they turned a corner are they shooting back up again apparently not <laughs> so yeah apparently not <laughs> apparently not it's just simple as that I, I was thinking oh, okay maybe they'll do something and you, you've got to be looking honestly Bristol were sitting sort of in that fourth, fifth spot last week and the giants were sat down in you know eighth ninth floating around that area i might say it's a foregone conclusion but it goes back to what we've said almost every week since we've been doing this now you can't predict how the games are going to go just because someone's at the bottom of the table doesn't mean doesn't mean at all that they're not going to give you a a good fight so um yeah but that was a good game and it's um i would say watch the highlights don't watch the full game i switched from watching the game to watch the highlights because it was just too painful <laughs> honestly <laughs> but i will say this i do like the giants kit that green kit they've got it's like grit they dark green with the yellow 
Oh, I've not seen that one. Yeah, man, it's really, really nice. And well, maybe I've not seen it. I must have seen it. Do you know what? I look at that and immediately that's my Sonics kit coming out. And you look at that and think it's the it's the green with the yellow, and it looks really, really nice. Which is funny because they've got that yellow kit, which I I'm not as much of a fan of, although it is you know luminous. But oh. that green kit looks absolutely span spanky. They yeah, fantastic kit. So yeah, you know, there's, well, Mark, there's I'm glad you highlighted Evan Walsh. Evan Walsh. I'm yeah. Glad you highlighted him. I'm gonna Evan Walsh. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say a name for you, Manu Ginobili. Yes. There are some um, definitely some uh, characteristics in um, you could between say that. the two players that are very similar, very yep. similar. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> I honestly, that's I think, what I've been picking up anyway. I think the the when you look at Manchester, if you said where are they, they're in this part of the, the table. When you watch them play, you think, well, why are they down so low? They must have had a really rotten start or something, and I. It, it could just be that's it are they picking up pace I don't know but that was not one that was one that Manchester won it, it brought, Bristol didn't lose the game that was the fundamental difference Bristol were never in the game at all they just weren't um, and Manchester just led from the front really and it, get t- it tickled over a little bit but <laughs> when you're almost and that's got to be Manchester's first win in a while right yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't got it in front of me. I've got I've got no computer this week. So, but going back, they've got a few losses, and it's well, they're they're only more recently. They're looking at the table. They're sort of six wins, thirteen losses. They've played nineteen games. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, a lot of their losses have come more recently. Yep, absolutely. Um, last week was the first win, which they had over sorry Scorchers. In actual fact, that was their that was their almost I want to say breaking the back because then they lost to Caledonia the, the next game. <laughs> but it's um and you gotta be arguing about Walsh getting into the um, All Star game. Got to have him there. Got oh, to be I, in consideration for sure. I don't know how they're working that All Star no. game if they're gonna pick like two players from every team or I don't know how they're gonna do it, but for some teams that's gonna be quite difficult and I don't know how they're gonna pick two players from London Lions. I mean I've just made that up. I don't know, but um yeah, I'd be interested in how they're gonna pick it. I think it's all too familiar. Um it's the same thing that happened with um the NBA in season tournament. Um where here's the idea, this is what's happening and this is what we're gonna do. But even the fans weren't really communicated to what's the what's happening and how is it going to work so you we know, need to work that work that out mark for the fans well we'll we work it out for you guys work. you're welcome you're welcome we, you know we did it for adam silver adam gave us a call help us out it's no problem we'll help you out so hang on is that two wins in a row for the giants no it's not two in a row because they lost the, the previous game to caledonia they okay. they lost against Caledonia um, week thirteen because this is week fourteen now, but they lost. Oh, I was just straining to see the date there. I think it was the tenth. Okay. Yeah, tenth oh. of December they lost to Caledonia, but that was that was actually quite a close game. That was one of those games where it was end end end, and it was only Caledonia just having more depth as a team that really sort of just pushed them through. Otherwise, they'd have lost that, and, and Manchester would have got that win. So, 
they've definitely, you know, they, they took a win against Scurry Scorchers and that was a tight game. But then when you look at them where they are on the table, Surrey and Manchester are, are sort of quite close to each other and they flip positions quite look, often. Look, I'm so. going to say Manchester have got unlucky in quite a few games. There's yeah. a lot of games. One I'm going to be talking about where yep. you look and think arguably they should have got a win there. Yep, For Absolutely. whatever reason, there's a lot of games for Manchester. For where they're in the table, that doesn't represent that them as nope. a team, I don't think. I think, you know, they're maybe i'm biased because I, I got a soft spot for him i don't know yeah absolutely i mean look shout out to bristol flyers trajan jacob and rowell graham bell i've got to say that name right 20 points and 16 points for bristol putting it putting in the numbers you can't argue with that manchester giants had Evan walsh obviously on the 22 and jamal anderson on the 16 so scores wise rebounds wise assist wise these guys were all quite close it was the rest of the team that basically just filled the whole gap in and Bristol just had nothing. Just nothing in the tank at all. Anyway, so that's that game. Go check it out if you haven't. It's on YouTube. You can go check it out and look at the highlights and that. Recommend the highlights for that one. Um, but over to you, Paul. You've got London versus Cheshire. Well, Mark, first of all, I'm just going to say I'm going to put my arms back and say the league is officially over again it is over again <laughs> oh, uh, it God. just so happens just before i left the freaking country it was like brilliant we got cheshire going into the lion's den go into the cop box let's see what's going to happen you've got um caledonia chasing if cheshire could only get that win the league is back on and you've got both Caledonia and Cheshire fighting for it. What freaking happens? Both teams lose that game and there's a three game <laughs> difference between I know they got I know they got wins in hand, but the league is over. It, you know, Lions have only got three losses as it stands today. Um and you know what, you know, that's three losses apart from anyone else in the league and it's like that's over they've they've got the crown so uh there's a few dents in there but but and this is the but cheshire gonna be bloody kicking themselves and yeah. it, it's almost similar with the giants which i'll talk about later but before i talk about like look, london lions taken on the phoenix at the copper box it was 102 night five and you got to talk about sam decker Last year's MVP ended yep. up with 22 points, four rebounds, five assists. Uh, I'm, uh, look, and that's the first one I've said in Australia like that. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's an honor. And it can only go to Sam Decker, last year's MVP. Um, and I feel harsh um, talking about him, but especially towards the um, uh, end of the game. Um, you know, Sam Day, he had a huge three um, at the end of the um, fourth quarter. I think that put him up by, oh, I think it put him up by six um, with like 10 seconds left or something like that. But, you know, he just seemed to be the dagger um, in the game for me. And I feel harsh a little bit on Matt Morgan um, because his contribution, I mean, He's looking odds on favourite to be MVP this year. But, I mean, his contribution um, was, you know, look at the, I'm just looking at these numbers. And I'm going to say it nice car. I couldn't say his name last time, so I'm going to do a good one. 
I'm going to do a good one from the other side of the world. We had Matt Morgan on 28 points, four rebounds, and one assist. You like that, didn't you? It was, it was, it had flavour. I appreciate that. Well, you know what you will like. I know you like a good old free throw, Mark, and you've been very critical of anyone who can't hit a free throw. He uh, I've was been critical. 14 from the line. Yeah, critical of professional 13 sportsmen. Out of 14 from the line. Professional sportsmen who I can't hit. I do feel it's a little harsh. An undefended shot. It's a little harsh because there's a lot of pressure. Don't care. There's a it's lot your job. going on for, mentally. Like when someone says go and hit a free throw, you think, oh yeah, but you, you, you've got the pressure of the game. You've got it's your job. You know, someone could be injured. Someone could. You don't know what's going on in that moment. It's be like you have to hit or you suck. I think it's a little harsh, but. It's anyway, look, Matt Morgan, he's 13 for 14 from the line in this game. That's a 92.9% free throw percentage, Mark. You can't criticise that. No, can't. Absolutely. What I can criticise is the people so, who throw up a brick. And yet in the game, they're trying to do some sort of one-legged, off-balance fadeaway like a Kobe shot. And they're trying to hit game shots like that. And you go, you can't even score a, an uncontested free throw. Like... Let's get the basics right first, fella. That's what I have. Well, you couldn't see that, but I just no. I just saw one off of Matt Morgan. Well, he's it seems on that game that he found a bit more of his form because he lost a bit of his form as of late, hasn't he? Um, um he, he's dropped not, off on the last not too much. I mean, he's still putting in 20 odd points. Here's a bit of Irish crickets for you. There you go. Oh god. And um anyway, look, I I mean Matt Morgan was you know, he, 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 we're saying he only got 28 points, but, you know, he is Mr. Consistency, really. Um, but you got to talk about um, Iron Ray as well. You know, 32 points, eight rebounds, four assists. And I'm focusing on this stat because you were going on about it so much in a lot, some of the last um, podcasts. He was 10 for 11 from the free throw line. Yeah. Which is a 90.9% free throw percentage. Yeah. Um, I love that. I got uh, Massio Jack. Yep. My nickname for him now is MJ. <laughs> the British MJ. No, even though he's not British. No, uh, but can't do that. 23 points, two rebounds, one assist. Um, excuse me. Um, but this is the talking point. This is the talking point I want to bring up. And there's going to be a similarity with the Lions and Giants game. All Giants fans know exactly what I'm going to be talking about. But I think it was like... A minute left in the third quarter. Phoenix were up by 14 points. I mean, that's... <laughs> a lot can happen very quickly in a, in a game of basketball, which Cheshire found out in the first minute of the, of the fourth quarter. But you're up by 14 in the third. It's like, yep. you know, they just... And look, here we go. Lions went on a 10 to nothing run in the first two minutes of the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, I think they hit a shot at the end. Anyway, it's done a two-point game. I think it was two... I think they hit a two towards the end of the third, and it was a two-point game after, you know, with eight minutes left in in the fourth quarter. You know, game's on then. Um, i got to talk about the Quincy we're doing. Um, uh, Riddo. Um, he just seen... I, even though his stats, he got eight points eight rebounds five assists i just really like him as a player he's just yes. a tough physical player giving yep. it his all and even though 
Um, in this game in particular, his stats weren't, you know, the, the shining lights, the ones that everyone go to. I actually thought he really stood out for me um, as a player. Um, there's a great highlight from him where um, I want to say it was top of the key somewhere. Top of the key lines at the ball. He got a steal off um, Josh Sharma through past the halfway line on his own. Boom! Dunk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Got to talk about him. Got to say, Josh Sharma, quiet. He's doing what he does do. It's really good, but it just seemed to be quite quiet in this game. Um, yeah. As well. It was just one of my notes. It just seemed to have a quiet night. I don't even know what his stats were, but it, what, nothing jumped out. I, d I don't mean that in a harsh way because he's a solid player. But in this game, nothing really jumped out. But again, Sam Decker, huge three at the end, sealed the game. But you got you got to give it to the Lions for coming back. You know, that 10 to nothing run in the fourth, early in the fourth, got them back. But Cheshire are going to be bloody kicking themselves at that. You know, you're up by 14 with a minute left in the third quarter. I know a lot can happen, but, yeah. you know, that's 14. Is, it's not a lot, but it's, um, 30, <laughs> it's better than a, yeah. 37 to 18 was the Q4 score that they had in that game. I looked it up earlier. And like you were saying, what, they just... Say that again, 30, 30, 37, 37 to 18. So that's how that's how much they were outscored. Almost outscored by 20 points in the in the in, fourth quarter. In sugar, plum fairies. Yeah. yeah, they, they yeah. Went, they, and they well, went into it that. It was the fourth. Yeah, they went into it leading it. And uh, I think the stat is... Um, they, up somewhere it was like 17 and 2 run like they just went straight on as soon as they came out oh, at the gate and, and to get and then within four minutes they'd taken the lead with four minutes to go in the quarter you go you i think the thing that stands out there like you said was that they went on a, lots of runs so it just seemed to be like a game of pulsing like the that once london didn't have it wasn't consistent we're going to keep scoring keep scoring they had a period of like let's get 17 let's get eight let's get 10 and then they just tickle some in and whenever they went on that run as soon as they sort of got a bit of momentum cheshire couldn't do anything about it they just couldn't stop them as soon as they as soon as london found its rhythm it was over and maybe that's something that the other teams need to be aware of like if london get in their rhythm you've got to get them out of it otherwise they're they're, they're toast they're just going to keep just scoring and just keep scoring They've got the talent on the team. Well, again, London got back in the game, but you've yeah. got to argue, you know, Cheshire didn't turn up in the fourth. So, um, you know, London are going to take full advantage of, of that, especially in the copper box. So, yeah, Mark, London, t you know, take That's the it. league straight yeah. and you think, hang on, come on. There's what, how many games they got left now? Like 16, 15? I know yeah. a lot can happen in 15 games, but if you just look at statistically, you know, they've lost three games out of 20, 21, 22, whatever it is now. Um, you know, what's the likelihood? However, I will say, and this is just, London have been dodging a lot of bullets. Uh, they have been... Um... A lot of bullets. It's, it's one of those, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And they haven't yeah. they haven't won some of these games as much as they lost them. This one, yeah. I, 
I, I don't know if I mean they look, they went on a few big runs, and like you said, that deserves a win, which is fair enough. But Cheshire were out in yeah, front; they, they, they lost it. it. But Chesh- Cheshire lost it yeah. ultimately that game. They were ahead, and if you're ahead, if you're ahead, I, you should never just lose. But yeah, like you I mean, say, there I'm is a pattern. Come up with something controversial for the Giants game. Ooh. I think most Giants fans will agree with what I'm going to come. But I'll, I'll come up to that later. But I do think, and it's something I've made a note of, how many bullets have the London Lions dodged this season? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, definitely Manchester Giants game's just gone. Yep. Cheshire Phoenix, you know, they're down by 14. you got to talk about Newcastle Eagles up by 14 in the fourth quarter of six minutes left you know you can go on in these games or where they won by three points it's just like there are a few bullets i mean there's but some they, games they've beaten teams by 20 30 they, they couldn't dodge pat riots though bullets they're missing couldn't dodge pat riots no pat riots is a bloody legend <laughs> he's a bloody legend <laughs> right on to the next game and i'm gonna do, do a little see one off for, like for Pat Riots. I think you should see one off right now. We want to hear the chugging noises. But there is, a, you know, some of you might hear, there is a, a kind of delay. We try to get it down as much as possible, but it is that whole, he's in Australia, so there is a there is a natural delay of a like Oh, five I just saw one off of Pat Riots. Good. Oh. Baby Sham. Sponsored by Baby Sham oh, this episode. <laughs> oh, that was really fizzy. Oh, obviously it's Baby Sham. Right, right, I'm going to start next? the ne- next, next segment. Leicester versus Caledonia. And I'm going to give it one of these. Because there's an emerging wow. player. An emerging player that I was really impressed with. Teddy Buckets. That's what they're calling him. Teddy Buckets. What a <laughs> bloody name that is. Teddy Buckets. Teddy Buckets. Yeah. <laughs> so te- yeah te- no, so Teddy Allen is uh, his, his official name. But he's just signed for Leicester Riders. So he's just coming. First game, like 32 points. <laughs> first game, 32 points. Yes, yeah, it's not bad. From? Uh, from the States, he came. Oh, had his um, thing up earlier. I think it's like Alabama. I don't need his postcode, but he's from America. Yeah, it's from the States. Alabama. I think, yeah, I think it's one of those uh, areas. But honestly, he, yeah, he. Um, Interestingly, he looks a bit um, thicker, should we say, than a couple of his pictures from when he was at college. So uh, I don't know if he's enjoying the fish and chips over here or what, but oh, he looks. He oh, is... food. Sorry, I meant you, you. I thought you meant he looks thick, like isn't stupid. No, why would I say he that? He just looks thick. <laughs> Wait, is, he, is he like Zion? No, no. Like Zion Williams size? Is he? No, no, no. But as in, he looks like much more solid there's no way i don't want to say like it looks beefy or something weird like that but like he just looks like oh actually he's no he's he's got a body on him like he can actually muscle people out because it looked on a couple of the are you saying like, he's had a few pies mark no 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 you haven't i'm just saying he, he clearly goes to the gym he, he might have a couple of pies or fish and chips and something like that but honestly they're giving him the nickname teddy buckets you go he, he comes off the bench 32 points and you go Yep. And then they come from behind to beat Caledonia 96 <laughs> 90. Yeah, mean, that was huge. That was yeah. huge. Like, that's, that's an absolute. It's like there's, you can talk about the team, everyone else playing their part. There's no question of that. But it's like, they, there's your show. The, now, they started really well. 
and they they got a little lead going but that sort of rhythm sort of i want to say faded but it, it it kind of you know it's very clear sometimes who's controlling the game that's what i'll say and it was very very clear that leicester were actually going to control this game and caledonia i think were maybe surprised by that mate that's just my opinion but there was some some questionable i want to say not questionable calls but the game itself didn't seem to flow the way i thought at that in that first bit it was like they were all oh we, we weren't expecting you to be like this and they were almost kind of like trying to change up mid-game so what that resulted oh, in really yeah but what that weirdly that actually went against leicester because caledonia is a strong team so they clearly switched it up because there was some really sloppy turnovers and some really good pressure from caledonia and you go even though they were making a, a, a run and the riders were actually sort of breaking into it caledonia just hit, took back the lead and it was like 25 18 just like after the first bit and that you wouldn't have thought that was the case because you, if you watched it you think leicester seemed to be controlling the game but why are caledonia winning and then you'd see certain moments and think ah okay they almost almost like they're letting them play out and say what let's see what you can do and then they're going to put the hammer down that's what i was expecting the game to happen but the hammer it turns out was teddy allen because he, he was just absolutely relentless going to caledonia and they just couldn't seem to contain him 32 points i mean that's that's pretty freaking special ironically as you said that the sun finally set the sun the sun yeah. has set on caledonia the sun <laughs> finally set over the the sea i'm looking at when you mention the name teddy buckets well i will say that means we've got to keep an eye on that guy i know 100 have to but this is the best thing about that game so they were always trailing and it was always they were down by seven points i think they were down by five or six points at the half when it got to q4 they just turned the jets on and that is when they won the game it literally was all in q4 and then Mern Thomas tied oh, the game Mark, at 81 81. Yep. Bristol Flyers, you got to use that that saying, turn the jets on for them. Bloody hell. That's a good one. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, I'd like to think Bristol, that someone had thought of that on. before. That's really good. Yeah. But um <laughs> that's what you took away from it. But um, yeah, you know, the game was all right during during it. But that that end of the third going into the fourth that that's the bit you want to watch if you're going to watch any, you know a segment of the game for example um everyone really turned up then and suddenly they were all realizing oh this is closer than we thought and leicester had found that kind of flow and they were just getting the points back and it was kind of we'll get two points you can get one but we'll get another two points you can get one and they clawed back and clawed back got to the draw and then got those much needed points and it was there's no question that teddy was there like the player of the game as they put it but for a hosting game you'd think leicester at home they've got a new player coming off the bench that's got to be good for him he's got to have had a good feeling about that i turned up we won against caledonia who are stronger than us as an all-round team and we beat him and it's a, his first home game he'd have had a real buzz from that so that's got to set his um was BBL uh, career going? Well, hang on, you, you, you are talking Caledonia, one of the best teams in the league at the moment. 
So exactly. you've got to highlight Leicester's, I guess, scouting for this American guy mm. or, you know, for whatever position that guy's in to be coming into the BBL and actually having an impact on one of the best teams in the league. You've got to hand it to those scouts. Oh, 100%. It would be really interesting to know where they, um, I want to say not where they got him from, but how they do that. Because as you mentioned about where, where was he from, it was actually like Nebraska. And that's where he played in community college. And they went to New Mexico State before coming out. So it, how they get signed out, I don't know. I, d I have no idea. And that would be really interesting if there are some scouts or anyone out there. Or how do you find the players like that? I mean, maybe they're not going to give away the secret source on that, but... I guess uh, everyone these days is looking for the next 18-year-old player who can take someone like a LeBron and get a, a long career out of them. But How old is Buckets? No idea. Absolutely no idea. I can go look it up. That's going to be his name now, Buckets. Yeah, Teddy Buckets. That's that's what they. That's the nickname they've given him, which is... TB. Yeah, he's 25. I mean, that's, that's, that's a cool name, though, Teddy Buckets. I mean, if you're going to be named after Jimmy Buckets, you can't, you've got, you've got to go out hard, and he certainly does. Um, but to, yeah, to take that home win, coming off the bench, 32 points, love it. Anyway, so that is Caledonia. Now, I am going to do a a uh, reflective sound, should we say? I thought that was like a tumbleweed sound, that is. Yeah. Sounds like a duck at this end. Well, apparent, apparently cr crickets sound like ducks. Okay. So, In Australia, they do a little bit, yeah. That's worrying. Um, Surrey versus Caledonia. Moving on to the next game. That, that was um, a crickets for Surrey. But it's not for what you, why you might think. I got really confused watching this game and I actually watched the game and then, you know, I was dipping in and out doing other things, but they both wore their blue kits. <laughs> no, I know that sounds really petty, but you got, yeah, so Scurry Scorchers had the light blue kit on and Caledonia had the dark blue kit on. Now, I know that's maybe obvious enough that you go, okay, the one's slightly lighter, one's darker, but you go, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being... It just really... My brain didn't like that at all. And I don't know what to say. And it, was, it, it just is weird. Why would you have two people on this? You know, surely someone's got a white kit or an obviously obvious colour, but they're like, no, our dark kit's dark blue. Because Caledonia have a light kit as well, don't they? That's almost the same colour as, as Surrey Scorchers. I really wanted to comment then, but I was actually went to the toilet as you were speaking. <laughs> but Are you can't serious? get away with that in the studio, can you, Mark? Yeah. No. So, anyway, because two blue kits. What happened there? Like the referees watching two teams warm up in a blue kit. Go, can't see any problem here, lads. No. Yeah, it no. doesn't make it doesn't what make you sense. Wearing, so blue. What are you wearing? Blue. Well, you're light. You're dark. Don't worry about it, lads. Let's carry on going. Oh, you got the. Uh, the um, the tartan down the side, yeah, we'll, we'll focus on that. So, so especially it was... when referees wear purple and pink and orange and yellow, you think, hang on, you don't clash with the teams. It kind of makes sense that you wouldn't, whether it's dark or whatever. 
So this you is the bit the same that, color. Right. This is yeah. So here is why I got confused, right? So, sorry, Scorchers. What color kit would you say? If I said it's a blue kit, bearing in mind you're colorblind, I, I, I get it. But if you said sorry, Scorchers well, kit they've got is that blue, really nice like camo one, haven't they? Yeah. Or looks like waves or something. But they've also got one that's like a like a, a light blue, like electricy sort of blue, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's that, yeah. That's a really nice one. That one. Yeah. So they've also got a slightly darker color blue kit, which is the one that they were wearing because they were playing at home, right? So they wore the dark blue kit. The gladiators who were away were wearing a light blue kit. Now, no. when you look at this, if you look at the pictures and you look at the stadium, it's a light blue background because that's what you would normally associate with the Scorchers, their light blue kit. That's the one they usually play in. So to have the visitors wearing the kit colour that the home team would normally wear, my brain just checked out. The colours out. weren't similar though, right? Li yeah. Like... I, literally, I'm going to take this photo. No, no, what I mean by that, like the two teams were playing, they didn't look like the same, like, they didn't look, was like one like really dark. It wasn't like, hang on, if you were playing, you might get confused. Uh, Wow, I did, but it's, it's because if you said Caledonia, you think the dark blue kit. Oh, okay, right. And okay, so having a go at the rest probably wasn't fair. No, I think it is. Because why have you got two people wearing two two color blues? It it does that really doesn't add up. Like I can't send you the in the I'll NBA. Send you the picture it's like that, you wear white at home, isn't it? Pretty much, you wear white at home and dark away. Yeah. And if you have a third kit, some they used to have third kits. Uh, I remember Toronto famously had that red um, third kit for if there was a clash or anything ever. And I don't know if they still do them, but you know, obviously they did the city jerseys, didn't they, for the um, in-season tournament but the, just having two in-season tournament it's the nba cup yeah but you hate it so there's an added bonus for me saying that look they're having a dark blue kit on the team who are home who normally play in light blue so when you're watching them play you go oh the cal no hang on that's not caledonia and i don't know the players well enough yet to be thinking no that player's on that and then you see someone like dubose or wang well, you, you, when you start like seeing, oh, there's Patrick Whelan. Okay, he's on the Gladiators. But it just looked odd because it looks like Caledonia had borrowed. <laughs> Sorry, Scorchers kit. Like they'd all turned up and gone, uh, yeah, fellas, we lost our bags in the airport. Um, can we use your home kit? And then you can, can just we use borrow like, a well, kit? Yeah, Maybe that's just... what happened, Mark. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's went, what happened. They went to like the locker room and they you know, went into the lost and found. And oh, there's a couple of kits here. We'll use those. But, um, Look. Quick, just go to the printers and put Caledonia. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Look, Patrick Whelan did really well. Started him off, got him moving. He's uh, he's always steady. But I think that's probably the best way to put it for Caledonia. You know what you're going to get with him. He's always putting in the buckets. Does he have the biggest nights? Not always, but in in this occasion, he's ending the the game, and you're thinking, seventeen points. Yeah, that's. That's where I, I, I always sort of see him. You, you you need people like that constantly to win games. Uh, and Ian DeBose. Now, Ian's an interesting one because he, he did this absolutely ridiculous. I'm making sure it's the right the right one. No, it's Pierre de, 
Piedic Wang. Sorry, that's my bad. I thought it was Debose because we've seen a few big blocks from him this year, but it was Wang. He came out for sorry Scorchers, absolutely monster block, and that was what that was one of the ones where I got confused because I saw a big dark blue kick come in, swat that ball away. And if you haven't seen the highlight, go check it out. It's a bit like a, oh, I want to say like a Yanis kind of swat where the guy gets the ball, he's in the paint and he thinks, fake it, right, now I'm just going to go up and get the easy two. <laughs> and he just comes flying out of nowhere and swats it out of him from behind him. And uh, yeah, he wasn't expecting that. Um, but Surrey couldn't, they couldn't really hold on. Although, I don't know if you recall, a few months, few months back they they've got justin robinson who's that two-time league x mvp and the scorchers now have him it looked like when the scorchers got him he's going to do something and you know move it on having him on the team they went on a run that actually met got them within i've got seven points here but i could be wrong on that but i think it was within seven points wow. they got and that was 100 percent off of his back uh, you know, not to discredit anyone else on Surrey's team, but Justin Robinson absolutely just took that and ran with it and sort of led them to that point. They just couldn't get over it. And, you know, they ended on an eight-point deficit, 80 to 72. I think Caledonia had a bit more in the tank there. I think that it felt like they kind of let off at the end. They just sort of got... They kept the gap and they weren't pushing too hard, but it was an all right was game. Was that the game? DeBose got that monster dunk. Uh, that one was, I believe, yes. Because what I the the focus was the dunk itself. It was all it was all right. But what I really liked about that move he did was pushing the guy off him um, to get into the position, so he could then dunk it. So he's like coming from the top of the key, and he just like shoved the guy, just brute strength, shoved the guy away from him. Cleared, cleared the lane, bam, he's through. That's what I liked about that. If that's the game I'm thinking about. I think it's the same game we're talking about. Um, I don't, my brain is it's far too early in the morning. For my that one, I know the highlights on BBL Facebook. I know that one. But I thought, I say, I thought it was a really good game, but if you just look at some of those clips and just one of the clips, in, for example, about uh, the block and Wang coming in with that massive block, just look at that play and you can see exactly what I'm saying with the, the colours. You've got the blue background of the kit, Caledonia playing in light blue. It's, it's like almost the wrong way around. It, it was really, really confusing just understanding who it, who was actually playing with the ball. Um, It, it just, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely think maybe, is it, I mean, is that a ref thing? Would refs be the people who have to call that and say, you can't wear that kit, you've got to wear something different? Is that is that how it works? Look, Mark, I'm not going to lie. Whilst you were talking, I went to the fridge to get another beverage. And that's why I hesitated, because I was trying to get back into my... This is why you are, This is why you're not allowed out. This is why you have to come to the office. Because if you don't come to the office, you're walking around, there's people having... You can't speak, you can't... Blah, blah, blah. blah. This is why you are not allowed out. There's a party going on next door, and I'm not at that party to do this podcast. So blah, I'm just blah, going blah. to get a beverage. Um, yeah, I um, it's just rules. It's just the rules of the league. Like that's 
the referees would sign it off, I'd imagine, but it's the rules of the league that you can't have two kits the same. Now, whether one away kit has the same colour as the current home team, if the home team aren't playing it, well, it's not really a problem then. Um, but um, but it is for yeah. a viewing. It depends that... on... I mean, I haven't seen this, so I don't know how close these blues are. Well, it, yeah. But personally, they're, they're I'd close. just be so... Like, the NBA... It's one of the things that they do, which I, I like. Yeah, you like it, so you're white or you really like yellows or whatever it is, is your home kit. And your away kit is your dark kit, like the dark green or the dark purple, stuff like that. Um, yeah. You can't go wrong there, really, can you? No. No, you can't. It's, um, you know, it, say, for example... Uh, the old Sonics went to Boston. Boston would be playing in white. The Sonics would play in a, a away game, so they'd be in, they'd say, green jersey, for example. And yes, you'd be like, it is green and white, but it's a completely different green. And you know which one's the home team because they're playing in the white kit. Like you say, it's fairly obvious. But this one, both kits are coloured. One's sort of a, a, a sea blue, sort of sky blue, and then the other one's a slightly darker blue. But... It's the fact. Yeah, I think they should make the home white. But it, the, the silly thing light, is that white and dark or light and dark. Well, exactly. So if the home kit is the lighter kit, if you even took that stance, then they still got it wrong because Caledonia are playing in the lighter kit. It, you go, that it just makes no sense. Yeah. They they it, and the because played the background is well so bad. Yes, they do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I think they got white. They, kit, I think they? they have played in white, but yeah, they mm. do have a white kit. It's it's quite. I want. I think it was harsh to say it's plain, but I I genuinely really like the Lions kit because it's just. I want to say, just vintage. It's just classic. It's just a classic. You know, one color trim, done. What's your other kit? That in reverse. I think that's the way to do it. I think, and you know, to, to have the symbol L uh, LDN on on the thing, you know, that's it's yeah, like simple, that. brilliant. I really like it now. Um, I like it. I've come around so to it's it. A nice I, kit. I used to prefer the more graffiti style LDN that I used to do, but actually, I have warmed to this one quite a lot now. Um, so I agree. It's mm. uh, it is it is uh, the brand on there. So they they've got that right. But I mean, that, Mark, I say, I've got to start turning the lights on here, man. It's getting dark. <sighs> well, I'm not going to cry for you. I'll be honest. Um, but you know, that's that with the the scorchers there, with them sort of taking that loss, that's putting them to ninth, and that actually lifted them um, Manchester up to eighth. So because of Surrey's loss, that pushed them um, Manchester up to eighth, eighth place now. Which was quite interesting, I thought. Well, because it was not so much who's got the wins, it was more who's got the losses. So, I believe that is over to you. Well, Mark, give me a any kind of buzzer. No, that that, that end. There you go. That is an air horn, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm going to talk about the London Lions taking on. The Manchester Giants. Um, <laughs> there are so many correlations to the London's Phoenix game um, that you're now going to hear from what I was talking about. Yep. So 
I think every Giants fan is a little heartbroken with this game. And I feel for Manchester because they were close to denting that crown again. And I got go back to this point. How many bullets can the Lions dodge this season? I think they say sometimes, you know, when you're a championship winning team and you've got all the luck and everything just goes in your way. I want to say that's how it feels now watching the Lions. It's like everything just goes their way. And the one of the big correlations with the last game is um, Manchester Giants were up by 14 points in the fourth quarter <laughs> with six minutes left. Yep. 14 points with six minutes left, they're up. And even look, I'll even go down to the point, and this is the this is the the, the play I'm sure everyone's seen. The score's 82-79 in the fourth quarter with 3.4 seconds left. You're looking at Manchester going, you got you're getting a W from the copper box here. You're taking the win away. You gotta hand it to Jordan Taylor. Um if you've not seen the play. The buzzer beater, I suggest you go see it. He clearly wanted that ball. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, how, who was it he passed it to him? I think it was Connor Morgan. Connor Morgan passes it to him. And he shoots from, you know, way beyond the arc. And it is off the glass. Three points good. Takes the Lions into overtime. Now, you look at Jordan Taylor's face after that shot goes in. I mean, he's pleased. He's happy. Then look at the face he pulls. He, did, he doesn't look confident like that was going in. He pulls a little... There's a little face of, well, got lucky there. Um, but, you know, all credit to him because I think it takes a lot of balls to be the want to be the person to take that shot at the end in the fourth quarter. And, you know, he clearly wanted that ball. So all credit to him. Um... But, um, you know, when you go into overtime, you know, the Lundgrens just just took over. And, um, you know, Jordan Taylor ended the game with 17.4 rebounds and seven assists. Well, that that's, you, you, you know. about Matt Morgan. Yeah. I mean, you, you've said, so sit on something. You hit on something. Nah, well, yeah, but you've hit on something there, really, with the pattern with the Lions. Those first to the first half almost. It's almost a bit of a messy game. Hey, the Giants started off tight. The Giants started off well, well really well. London also um, had foul trouble um, quite early. They, they almost gave them, but they gave them the trouble, opportunity. Mark. Don't talk what? to me about foul trouble. And the <laughs> Manchester Giant people are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So Manchester <laughs> turned up to this game with nine players. I know. And this is the first time they had... Uh, sorry, this this isn't the first time that they've had nine players for a game. And it's just something we've noted and gone, hang on, they got nine players. Yeah. Like, you know, they ended the game with seven players. It's, I don't and get it. I don't understand. What I would say is was really consistent was the... Um, sorry, no, sorry. That's the wrong... I, I, I'm going to really phrase my wording correctly here. What wasn't consistent, I thought, and this is just my opinion, what was not consistent was the court officiating in overtime. 
possibly in the fourth quarter as well. Wow. What was considered a foul at one end of the court was not considered a foul at the other end of the court. Flag on the play. All Manchester Giants, all Manchester Giants fans are going to be standing up and applauding me saying that because they will all be going, freaking hell, Russ. What are you calling that little touch foul on Matt Morgan driving in? Fair play. He's getting in front of the guy, but it's a touch foul and he's getting basket and one at the line. But then you're getting someone else getting hammered like bloody legend down the other end. Home court. Nick Lewis getting hammered down the other end. And they're just like, play it. No call. And you think, what? Like, there were just too many for my liking. Like, look, I get it. You get one, one, all right, it happens. Two, all right, it happens. There's just too many. It was like, whoa. And even the commentating in the game, the commentators were highlighting going, wow, there's another no call. Oh, wow, the refs didn't see anything there. And it was like, yay. You know, there's a there's a pattern here, fellas. What's going on? Um, but look, you can't take anything away from from uh, the the London Lions. Like Matt Morgan, he had uh, a double double with 31 points, 11 rebounds, four assists. You cannot take anything away from that man. He is storming, storming. I think towards MVP this year. Um, his brother from another mother, Connor Morgan. 19 points, nine rebounds, three assists. Almost, almost had his double-double as well. Um, And I think it was, was it Connor Morgan who had a huge three at the end? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, was but there was a big three at the end, um, which quite nice. Quiet night from Josh Sharma. Quiet night. Like, what he's doing is good, but... He was going through those games where he's had this impact, impact, like, all the time. It's like, whoa. And, again, like I think he got, like, nine points, six rebounds. Out of those six rebounds, five of those rebounds were defensive rebounds. So, I just little things just quite quiet for Josh Sharma. But he yeah. is consistent with his field goal percentage, which was 80% in that game. But, uh, Mark, I'm glad you mentioned his name, which was um, Evan Walsh. He ended yeah. up with 22 points. And I know there's talk about it. Um, on the in the grapevine, there is potential call-outs and shout-outs, definitely from the Manchester crew, about a GB call-up and time if he keeps playing with this consistency. You've got to argue that. Um, so that would be good. Um, you know, potential All-Star Nick Lewis, 14.7 assists, six rebounds. Um, did get fa- yeah, he was Nick Lewis was one of the ones who got fouled out in overtime. Um, Austin Lawton. I don't know if you remember the last podcast. He was third yeah. highest of um, uh, most fouls. He got fouled out in the game in overtime as well. Um, so they, they, at that point in overtime, they had seven available players. Um, you know, and uh, it is what it is. But that was my take on it. The other, the only other thing that stood out for me was legend Robertson. Um, just I, what it just. Good, good player, and he just gets stuck in. Takes no BS from anyone. Just gets on with it. That's what I like about him. I think he's a Giants favorite. Of course, um, he's a so yeah. But Lions get that um, buzzer beater. Gets into overtime, and then they win by eight in the end. And that's um, not one. Of the, that's not the first time this season that, that they this got, is... had to go into overtime in order to get a win. Like you're saying about dodging bullets. It's not, 
but they've yeah, dodged it's a not bullet. The first time. They've dodged a bullet with Manchester. And, you know, there's a few, They and it's in the copper box as well. Yeah. It's in the copper box as well. And Manchester, it, they must have been absolutely peed off in that in that journey home. They must have been going, what, how did we not go away from that with a win? You know, up by 14, six minutes left in the fourth mm. quarter. A buzzer beater, you know, you're up by three with three seconds left, you know, just one stop. They've got to be disappointed. And again, inconsistency in court officiating for me personally in overtime. Didn't like it. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't didn't the like only it. one. Wasn't the only one. <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like it. You know, that's the, only, that's the one thing a referee can do and no one can complain. If they're consistent, no one complains. Yeah. If you're doing, if you're doing letting the game play and you're being physical, yeah, fine. But if you're consistent both ends, no one can complain no. with that. No, they can't. But when you're like letting a touch foul go for the home team, sorry, like it's a touch foul call for the home team, and then someone gets hammered down the other end, and you're like, yep, no call, play on. You're like, well, you can't let that happen too many times. And I can't help think that there is a bit of influence at the copper box from the home support maybe it's the home support you know you've got six thousand fans there strong potentially maybe i don't know what it is but um you know in fairness to the referees if you look at play by play as they would they'd say yeah that was possibly the right call when you look at it as the aspect of the game you think it, it's inconsistent and that's that's what I didn't like about it just my opinion but um, there you go London's dodge another bullet against Manchester Giants who get in foul trouble in the copper box take another win season's over give the trophy to London Lions now well done <laughs> that's it you just that's it give it to them done would you be if you were the person who has to get it engraved would you be sending that off now to get it done Oh, I would have been sweating. I'd have been sweating two weeks ago because I've already engraved London Lions in it. <laughs> I'd have been, I'd have been sweating, going, "Oh no, they got to go out to Newcastle." Then I'd have been sweating, "Oh, Cheshire's got to go there." Let's see what happens. Now I'd be going, put my feet up, going, "Oh, that's a job done. Don't yeah. need to engrave that. Already done. London Lions, well done." <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, you are. Uh... But this is an argument. I would say this is an argument here because you have got in the BBL, the most prestigious award is the championship. And I, I genuinely think rightly so. You've got to play 38 games against all the teams. Yep. And whoever's at the top of the league is the best team. You know, you can't argue no. that. It's not luck that makes you consistent over 38 no. games. So I rightly think, you know, London are up there. You are the best team this season. Brilliant. Well done. And um, I'm not a huge fan. Um, like if you, in contrast to the NBA, where you'll get teams at the top of the conference and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, that means nothing other than your positioning in the playoffs. Yeah, especially now because. But arguably, it's like you've just gone on the 82 game season that means nothing because of what you do in the playoffs and you know potentially 
you could say that you could have a season that absolutely sucks balls, end up 10th in your conference, and then go on to be the best team in the NBA. And as far as history, they'll go, yeah, that team was the best team that year, but you finished 10th. Well, that was conference. literally the Lakers and Miami Heat last season. They both managed to scrape by and get into the play-in. And look where they ended up in terms of the uh, NBA finals and getting down. Well, Lakers didn't get to the. I think they got conference finals. Lakers did, but Miami yeah. got there. Yeah, is but that even, right? Yeah, but even still, like they had no right to even be almost in there. They only got through to those stages by um, the playoffs. They only got to the yeah. playoffs by coming in at the very bottom and scraping in, got to the play-in, and then kick butt in the play-in. So they, they literally took advantage of what the plan is. And then suddenly you go, it opens the, that opens the door for everyone else now thinking, it doesn't oh, matter if I tank. Holy shnikes. I've just had a oh, great man. idea, Mark. I've just yeah, had a great idea. how many beers? They put... The, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, always a good I idea. I don't know. I've been, I have been... I've, as, you, as you talk, I've been putting the cans in the recycling bin and walking back. But they wanted an award. This is what Adam Silver said. He wanted an award for something that was, uh, you know, with David Stern's name on it that was impactful. And, and the, the problem they had, they were saying it wasn't big enough. Okay, here's an award for you. And I don't know if it'd be appreciated or not because of history in the NBA. But what about if you put both conferences together and you have a whole table one table will be at the top. This is an, over 82 games. One team will be the best team in the NBA out of all, all 30 teams, right? Over an 82-game period. When they get make an, um, a David Stern award for that okay, team. Okay, yeah, so that you you finish. It's the... Because there isn't actually a trophy, really, is there? Think about it. I guess there is some... No, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that's saying. That's not a bad idea. You, you get... You get the only thing they actually give is you get the the conference uh, champions get like a uh, I think like different kind yeah, of balls, yeah. don't they? And then you get then the NBA finals. But you know, look at someone like well, well, that would have been um, that would have been who great. Was it? For, um... was it? It was the Warriors with the best with the best yeah. run, and then they didn't get. The, the trophy okay that's a failed season well they got the best record of all time in the NBA give them the David yeah. Stern award so, that's not a bad idea the, um, uh, was it Yanis last year wasn't it when they they were top of the tree the Bucks uh, by a considerable margin and um, they still they, they, they fell out <laughs> first round of the tournament but you actually go they still would have won well done you got to the first of the in the whole NBA, you you had the best stats going into the playoffs. You just didn't make it out of the first round. But that's the one thing with, which I really like about the BBL. The London Lions, they're going to be the best team when they win the championship. They do have playoffs. Um, and it's a little odd because you go, oh, this team won the playoffs. Well done. Okay, so who's the best team? It'd be great if they did the double-double. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you have look through the history of the BBL that doesn't happen all no, the time it doesn't. so um, 
it's what's better the championship as you've won over a six month season playing everybody or a potential run in that so, you've had in the so playoffs you're, you're i don't get, know you're don't in know. the round it, now it's a great art it's a great well, debate is, but you're it? getting into the round now of the whole like the in-season tournament and when people originally were like i don't get it what's the point of it and a lot of players were poo-pooing it the reality is they probably couldn't have won it if they won that trophy they'd have been like yeah i'm the in-season tournament winner but but a cup's different cups are yeah one but people off. still are like cups are one-off you have a draw and you get who you get but they but like, what i'm saying is the value you of can't it. argue if someone wins 79 no, can't, games no. but no no was no was it they had set was it they won 73 and lost nine like you can't argue with that like you're the best team in the nba for that season oh you lost in the finals okay you're not the best team in the in the nba that season someone else's i'm not i'm not i don't know i think there should be an award for it i don't know how much value the americans would no that's what that. i mean it's it's, it's getting but because also debate. if you put too many awards out this is if you put too many mark. awards out this it is, is another yeah. show. if you put too many awards out the danger is people water it down they go oh are we gonna have an award for this are we gonna have an award and that's where they mucked up incidentally by having that all all finals uh all tournament team that stupid award and saying oh these are the best five players that was stupid no one gave a monkeys about that so it was the it was the title and the mvp that's it that's all you need to do done and then obviously the medals for getting that far you know what i would say do you know why playoffs are great because it includes in a pyramid league of one it incorporates lots of franchises which they'll like indiana were in the finals indiana were in the finals that's it They, they haven't been in the finals for donkey's years Indiana were in the finals, and people in Indiana gave him monkeys. Uh, on on actually Pat Beverett, uh, his uh, podcast, um, he actually was saying how he wasn't so sure about the in season cup, and now he's like, yeah, no, I get it. And he said it fired a load of people up. And he said, look, look at Indiana. He said, you know, Halliburton and all those those players, their stock and their value as players has now risen because people have seen them really playing hard and go, oh, oh, yeah, they're good actually. Other than that, Indiana's a small market team. Unless you're from Indiana, you're probably not going to support Indiana. Let's be fair. And a lot of, you know, the BBL suffers from the same thing. If you're not from the region and it's very geographically based, you're probably not going to support them. You don't get as many, other than the very, very big teams, or if there's a big persona attached, like a Lakers or a New York or... I'm following LeBron or Kobe or whatever, or Jordan or Bulls. Other than those sort of things, you don't really go outside of your territory unless you've got you know roots there or something that's just how a lot of sports are isn't it let's be fair anyway we've got one more game to talk about yeah but uh, the the nba cup is one thing having the playoffs is a very good thing for franchises oh no it is 100 it's it is whereas if it was a league the league's over okay but our playoffs are it's big for franchises in the pyramid of one it is because otherwise you get um, but yeah, come on, go on, let's go. This is a long that's what one. She said. Right. Hang on, let me get some uh, Irish crickets going. Some more Irish and that's why it's here. a long one. <laughs> right, so final one, final game of the week so far. And this was Cheshire Phoenix versus our good friends, the Newcastle Eagles. And we were playing in Cheshire. So Newcastle were actually away, just to point out. 
So we weren't in the Votu Stadium. Um, I can't think Cheshire's, I think it's called the Cheshire Oaks Arena. That's what it's called. I had to look that up. So this one, you do actually end up getting one of those for the uh, Cheshire Phoenix, I'm afraid. <laughs> they lost by uh, 14 points. Actually, no, that's not 14 points. My maths is terrible. That's uh, 22 points. Wow. Yeah, that was some terrible maths there. Um, that was some awful maths, awful maths. But although... I think you were looking Although that, that is... Again. Yeah, I think it was. But although that is a loss for Cheshire... Are you cheering a Cheshire We're loss We're giving there? Keith a chance to redeem himself. The Newcastle Eagles winning away. Possibly that could have been Keith's influence. Rumour has it, he stays up. Sending good vibes to them. Blesses the tour bus. Makes sure it's all set, ready to go. And so they can come back to the Eagles' nest with a win. And they certainly did do that. I mean, look. One of the good things about this game, I don't know if you know this, but one of the players, it was a former Cheshire Phoenix player. So Larry Austin Jr. used to play for Cheshire Phoenix and now he plays for Cheshire... Uh, so he used to play for Cheshire Phoenix. Now he plays for Newcastle Eagles. I'll put my teeth in. There was actually a really good article about him. I think oh, was on there? BBL. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I think it was him. Yeah, but I'm sure it was. I could be wrong, but I'm sure there was. There, there's a really good article. It was about brilliant him because you think, as a returning player, it's like I used to play here. In some ways, you think, oh, it's a bit familiar, but in another way, you're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm turning the Jets on today. That's exactly what he did. He was really like going out all guns. I think he ended up with 17 points in the end, um, but he absolutely was not going to let. You know, I'm coming back to where I used to play. This used to be my home court. Now I'm the visitor. And yeah, didn't disappoint. Um, but the game got off, I'd say, a pretty good start. And it just sort of stretched and stretched and stretched. And at one point you thought, going into the locker rooms, half time, the game, I want to say it's evenly matched. I think Phoenix were down by seven or eight or something like that. But it was fairly even it was a, it was a, a decent basketball match you're watching some people missing some people hitting there was some really really good plays from people like Maceo Jack and Aaron Ray that you were talking about earlier um special mention to LaQuincy Rudeau I know you like LaQuincy I don't know if it's because he's got a cool name but he's a solid player and again putting in the stats when it counted I think he ended on uh where did I have that written down LaQuincy he ended on 13. It has some great drives inside by him. Really aggressive drives inside. But I, so he's one of those like players that. that he ended on 13 points. And you go, oh, right. I, for some reason, I thought he scored more. And I think that's when you can tell someone's really... You know, you were saying earlier about some of the Lions players, you think, I, I haven't seen them. Like, they don't seem to be making an impact. And, you know, like Josh Sharma, you think, no, like Rido against the Lions, he only scored eight points, but his contribution... Exactly, and it's something about when you have players like that, it's that you don't have to have the stat sheet full, but if you were looking at the rest of them, like you, I know you like assists and you like steals and looking at those, and when you see that, when you go deeper into that, you think, oh, okay, they're busy. They're a very efficient player, but they're busy for their team. 
Um, so I really want to give him a shout because he wasn't the highest scorer. It was Mason Jack on 27 was the highest for Cheshire. With Ricky McGill, though. Yep, but MJ. Ricky McGill and, and the Eagles, 37 points. <laughs> and Taj Green for 19 following up. And, and Austin Jr. on 17, you know, making his return, shall we say, back to Cheshire. But you, yeah, you can't argue with McGill. He, he's an absolute machine. It was giving the ball, it's going in. It, it was it was almost that. Forcing his way into the BBL yeah. team of the week. Oh, what is that what you got into? Yeah, oh, nice. That, that, the, they do uh, they do do this team of the week and he was in it. There yeah. was a really, really, really good um steal by um uh Defoe. I've got it written down here is Defoe. And he flipped it up and Taj Green just absolutely hammered it down. <laughs> and that was that was I think by then they were yeah, oh, they're I've about like 12, 12, 15 I'm points ahead by that point. And I think this is where, when you see some of those teams, you think normally, okay, they, they're just having the better game. Cheshire went on a little bit of a run in the third, but they couldn't really do anything with that. And although they tried, they just never got in it. Even with someone like Aaron Ray scoring the buckets, getting it, and he got them within, it says 13 here, but I'm not sure. I think it was 12. Either way, he got them within viewing distance, and that's at best. This was one of those, we've got a lead, we kept 15-point lead, and we just sort of keep it. You can have a couple, of, and then we'll just go and score six or seven more. And they just kept that lead the whole game. But that was Ricky McGill, really. He just dominated offensively. He just couldn't argue with anything. From, I mean, easily all-star. Got to oh, be easy all-star this I mean, year. You think he's getting um, he's getting thirty nine points. He's also getting five rebounds and and seven assists. Like he's he's throwing it all around. That you you got contained someone like that. And if you contain someone like that, you're le immediately open like Taj Green. You're leaving people like that open. So um, one thing I will fly back to though, you mentioned it earlier. The Eagles were playing in a white kit, and Cheshire Phoenix were playing in their black kit with the um, the little kind of stripes down the side. It kind of looks like tiger stripes, but not quite. Um, very clear kits. You can see who's who. It's it's not difficult to get confused with. Um, just just saying that. But because the Eagles were the the visiting team, they were playing white, <laughs> whereas Cheshire Phoenix were in the black kit, and that. There must there must be something they're doing for the holidays because that it, it's not it's it unusual. So it? it's another one again that's like had me confused a little bit because I'm looking at it thinking this isn't the Virtu Stadium. Why are Newcastle playing white? And it just really confused. So I don't know if is it is it that the home team have the choice of what kit they wear and then the others have to wear whatever. I wonder if it's simple as that. Yeah. So if they say, "Oh, we're wearing our dark kit today," so you got to wear light. That that's the only option they got. But I'd imagine they'd take both, and you just work it out on the it's day. It's weird, though, isn't it? Why would you? Why, why would you? You know, that kind of makes sense. You get there. Actually, or you, it's all you. You would have it as a backup just yeah, in case. But Cheshire play in their white kit. Like they, they literally played the the game in London in their white kit. You just think. I don't know if I tell you what I don't know if this is a stupid thing to say, but with the BBL, I wonder if they've got reversible kits. I don't know if that's a stupid oh, thing no. to say or not, or do they have a home and away kit because it's the BBL? Why yeah, would you not have? They're two. 
with a, why two would you kits. not? Why would you have uh, a book? That'd be two separate kits. Yeah, 100%. Yeah? Is that a really stupid well, thing to it's, say? it's up there, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, they are these are all professionals. It's up, <laughs> it's there. up there. Look, they're all professionals. Um, yeah. I, I really like the Phoenix um, colorways, but I think they could do something better with it. Eagles kit's great. Got no, no qualms about it. I just think it's really odd that you're having the home team should the home team should wear the lighter color that just makes it obvious to and because i don't we'll have to look in europe but i'd imagine it's a similar stat elsewhere maybe it's not maybe maybe that's what it is i'd imagine in eastern europe most teams wear yellow and green oh god <laughs> that's, that seems to be every team i've ever seen that's yellow and green especially in eastern europe i don't know maybe i'm wrong but um you go play it see look at any Lithuanian team, yellow or green. Um, but maybe that's a really ignorant thing to say, but it's just from what I've seen. But uh I mean yeah, there's there right. is a is that, that is the last game, game and I would like to say if you did want to learn a bit more about this, there is a FIBA guidelines for uniform approval. And that was released in January twenty twenty one and it's only seventy one pages. Some lovely evening reading if you fancy it. That is someone who's not got a life. I might give it a browse. <laughs> you, you do not need to write a 71-page essay for what kit you need to freaking wear in a basketball season. Seventy. What did you say? 71, 71. or 75? 71 yeah. pages. Look, most of that's got to be the appendices, right? Uh, no. No, you'd like to think so. Playing shirts, regulations, that is sad, front bibs, what colours they have to like, be. Let, let's just make it simple. Make it simple. One page. Actually, I tell you, we'll make it. We'll make it two pages. First page is my cover letter. Second page, home white, light, away dark, done. It also there's there's a, a guideline on how you can overlay a badminton court over basketball court successfully as well. <clears throat> Should we just take that, take that, yeah, take that page out? <laughs> but yes, right, Mark. This might be the longest BBL we've yep. ever done it in is. my life. Well, that's only because uh, the crickets are talking, aren't they? So. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode. That is the end of this part. But do not worry, because coming soon is the second part of this episode, and it will be available soon.